In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, glory be to Jesus Christ. This is the third, the fourth sermon in this series of homilies on the Sunday Gospel readings. <clears throat> in today's Gospel, we find Jesus is on the shore of the Lake Gennesaret, It says the people were gathered around him to hear the word of God, hear the word of the Lord. Now, this is the word of the Lord in written form, the Holy Scriptures. And just as the people were hungry for the word of God and gathered around Jesus, so also we, as faithful Orthodox Christians, need to be hungry for this word. We need to be reading the scriptures every day. At least the appointed scriptures that we have on our calendars that are appointed for the divine liturgy for each day of the the year. This is God's word to us. This is God's love letters to us. And this is one of the main ways that he speaks to us. It's not the only way, but it's a very important part of our Christian life. So they were gathered. Now, the Lake, Lake Gennesaret is also the Sea of Galilee. And we, commonly, we don't really think of it as a lake, but it is called the Sea of Galilee. It's about 13 miles long and about 7 miles wide. Very large lake. And is the lowest freshwater lake in the world about 650 feet below sea level. Cool, clear, calm, completely surrounded by a beach. Imagine, it's just a beautiful place. And all these people gathered, and Jesus is in their midst, and he sees a couple boats along the, the dock there. And he tells Simon to put them out a little bit. He gets on and tells him to put the boats out a little bit so he can have like a stage to sit and speak to the people from. What a bit of wonderful thing to be there that day, to be in the presence of the Lord in this beautiful place, quiet, calm, and hear the word of God. So Simon and his brother Andrew were partners in this fishing business along with James and John. So they had this fishing business and they had their boats there. So when he got all done teaching, he said to Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And even though they had been fishing all night and caught nothing, Peter obediently followed the Lord's instructions. And he and his partners were blessed with a miraculous catch of fish. So many fish that the net was starting to tear. So they called for the other boat to come out and they joined together to catch all these fish. Fish, large fish, probably, probably tilapia. 
In the Middle East, they have these little fish called, that are, I can't say the name, but they're actually like sardines. Little bitty fish, but they also have large fish, and usually it's called tilapia. So Peter, when he sees this huge catch of fish, he sets an example for us. Whenever we receive a great blessing, or even when just a normal everyday thing works out okay, you get a job done, you, you cook a meal and it turns out okay, whatever. He is overcome with gratitude and humility. And he says, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. When he sees this great miracle. It's a great example for all of us to follow in our everyday life. Giving thanks to God for the good things that happen. And, and acknowledging that it's by his grace that anything good happens. And realizing that we're not worthy at all. We don't deserve it. But yet he gives us his grace. Well, I don't know if you ever do this, but when you read the appointed scriptures, I hope that you do this sometimes. You keep reading. And that's what I did this week as I was reading this passage. This was the first 11 verses, but I kept reading. And I ended up reading the whole chapter. And it was just story after story, just so powerful. And, and the thing that I, that I noticed in this chapter was that Jesus, after, you know, he, he gives these fishermen the biggest catch they've ever had, probably. And at the end of it, what does he do? He say, it says, get rid of it. Let it go. Now I want you to follow me and you will catch men. So that's, that's kind of the first rule he broke was, you know, when you're in business, when things really start rolling, you don't shut it down. You keep going. You put your net out there again. There's a lot more fish out there. But no, he, he tells them, okay, now I want you to catch a net. And they, they left their boats and forsook all. And they followed him. But after that, there's four more stories in this chapter. And all of them have this theme of, of, of Christ kind of breaking the rules. and not, So I'm not going to preach a sermon on each event because we'd be here all day, but I want to just mention the four things and, and the common thread that runs through them. So the next thing he does, <clears throat> he touches a leper and heals him. Well, that's against the rules. You do not touch a leper. The law clearly says do not touch a leper because that leprosy is a contagious disease they thought I guess it is and they, it was very dangerous to touch a leper lepers had to live in a separate place be quarantined off separated from everybody else but he says he touched him and healed him so he broke another rule then he heals the paralytic you know the story where they took out the roof and they lowered the paralytic down into his, where he was? And the first thing he says to him is, my son, your sins are forgiven you. So he broke another rule. Only God can forgive sins. Of course, he didn't really break a rule because he is God. But in the minds of the people, especially the Pharisees, the hypocrites, they, they were keeping score. Rule number two broken. 
Rule number three broken. He said, your sins are forgiven. Then, he goes to a great feast. He calls Matthew, the tax collector. And Matthew is so thankful, he throws a huge party at his house and invites Jesus. And all the sinners, probably prostitutes, other tax collectors, lawless people, all came to this party. And Jesus was there. And he took a lot of criticism for that. You know, why are you hanging out with sinners? So that's another rule he broke. You don't, ha- you don't hang out with the wrong people. You know, the scriptures say uh, uh, bad company spoils morals or something like that. You know, uh, birds of a feather flock together. You know, we're not supposed to hang out with sinful people. That's a good rule. It actually is. But, but the Lord, he applied, he broke that rule. Because he's God. He broke that rule. So then, so that the last rule he broke was, was just a general thing. Of they, they came to him and said, how come your disciples aren't fasting? John the Baptist is fasting and his disciples were strict fasters. You know, the Jews were more... We're better Orthodox Christians than we'll ever be. They fasted twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. They kept the fast. And you remember the story of the, the uh, parable of the publican and the Pharisee. The publican, the Pharisee said, I fast twice a week and I pray uh, all the prayers and I tithe, you know, one tenth of everything that I have, I give to the church or to the priests or whatever. So. Um, they criticized Jesus because his disciples didn't fast. So we see that in these, all these stories where God, the Lord Jesus, broke the rules, he was practicing what we call in the church economia, the Greek word, which means economy, which means Applying the law of God with discernment. You know, there are many, many canons that the church has written down through the centuries of all the councils. And if you, if you ever sit down and read the canons, it will scare you to death. And all of us would be excommunicated if we kept the canons strictly. But the church and the Holy Fathers have always applied the canons with economia. In other words, sometimes applying strictly, other times very leniently. Did you know there's a uh, canon about women who have a miscarriage? A woman who has a miscarriage is excommunicated for one year. And it seems very harsh, doesn't it? Yeah. Why, would, why would the church say that? Why would the Father say that? It's because the canons exist not for punishment, but for healing. Healing. Now, why would, why would one year of an um, excommunication for a woman who's had a miscarriage be for her healing? Well, 
the church regards the sanctity of life so much that any life that is lost is a great, great tragedy. It's, it's, it's a disaster. The world, the common world today doesn't even think of it that way. We, we have abortion, abortion clinics, you know, it's no big deal. But for us who, who treasure life, even a small uh, embryo, when it is lost, for whatever reason, is a great tragedy. You know, and, I'm, and I, I'm sure there are many women who've had miscarriages who probably wrestled with, oh, what, what did I do wrong? What, uh, what did I eat that I, maybe I shouldn't have eaten? Or where, what kind of uh, environmental influence has been around me that might have caused this? Or, you know, what, maybe what kind of spiritual thing is going on in my life? Maybe some trauma. You know, also another related canon is a priest, a married priest who causes the miscarriage of his wife can never be a priest again. That's another canon. Oh, that seems harsh. And even if it were accidental, who knows? I mean, there's all kinds of circumstances. Life is precious and holy. It must be guarded, protected, nourished, cared for, even in the womb. The, the, the songs that you sing, the music you play, the, the conversations you have, all affecting the fetus, the, the embryo, the child. You see, so these canons are not for punishment, but for healing. So for the woman who's had a miscarriage, who has many questions and doubts, wondering, why, why did this happen? What did I do wrong? Maybe she did nothing wrong. But this year of excommunication is a healing to say, okay, what, no matter what it was, you are forgiven, you are healed, and now you can move on with your life. You see what I'm saying? It's not to punish. There are many other canons like this I won't go into today, but there are many canons like that. The penances of the church are for healing. But the church exercises economia when, when these things. And in today, in our, in our age, in our society, very few priests would ever assign this penance to a woman who had a miscarriage. But even if no penance is assigned at all, even if no penance is assigned at all, there is a prayer read over the woman who's had a miscarriage that does apply the spirit of the canon to that person for their healing. Economia is applying the law of love to every situation as it's needed. And every other law is subordinate to the law of love. And that's what our Lord Jesus did and through his whole ministry and these stories that I mentioned to you today. He applied the law of love to every situation in, in the right way to help the people he was speaking to.
And we as Orthodox Christians, that is our challenge, is to uh, practice this discernment in all of our relationships. If you're a parent, every child is going to respond differently to the kind of discipline you, you give. And you have to actually know each child what they need. One child needs a swat. Another needs a look. <laughs> Another needs, you know, a chewing out. Another needs a timeout. But it's not always going to be the same, and that, that's a great challenge. You know, there's a, my, my wife pointed out this phrase to me that I had never heard of, which was very wise. It said, boiling water hardens the egg, but softens the carrot. You know, the same discipline can harden the heart of a, one child, soften the heart of another. Discernment is what we need. And we have discernment by being close to Jesus Christ. You look at the icon of St. John the Evangelist here. He's writing his gospel. What's on his shoulder? The Lord Jesus. He's speaking to him. Wow. He's speaking to him. Telling him what to write. You know, we need this, we need this closeness with Christ. To do what's right in all of our relationships. And this comes from living a balanced spiritual life. Reading the scriptures every day. Saying the prayers. Going to church. Having a spiritual father that you're accountable to. To go to confession occasionally. Talk to, get advice. This is the way that God allows us to be his disciples and to practice discernment and economia in applying the law of God. So let us pray for each other that we will take seriously this life in Christ and that we will be able to find that fitting response in dealing with every situation in our lives. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, glory be to Jesus Christ.